My name is Gian Villatoro. I'm the founding pastor for Victory Church in Odessa, Texas, the greatest state of Texas in the United States of America. Today, our worship service, 266, since we started the church in September 2016. The topic of this morning is fireworks. Fireworks. From Odessa, Texas, we want to thank you so much for joining us. Please download the bulletin from the website or directly here from the QR code. It's an easy way to get it, so we invite you to do that. And I take the opportunity to thank you for your support, especially our beautiful church members. Thank you so much. If you are interested in supporting this ministry, you can do it. Go to vchurch.us forward slash give. Or you can simply send a text message. The number is 432-268-0007. Simple as that. Thank you so much. Hey, friends here in the church, you are awesome. Thank you so much for your help and your support. Loyal members, loyal friends. Thank you, Sebastian, for your work. Thank you, Tracy, for the songs. And here we are, ready to begin this message. Today we are talking about fireworks. And isn't it beautiful, this set of candles? I know. And why are we using candles in the topic fireworks today? Because, you know, it's important to celebrate certain things. Before we get there, let's read the scripture. Revelation 21, 23. We read in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Dear Lord, guide us through this reflection. The city did not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. The glory of God gave the city light. The Lamb, the Lamb of God, was the city's lamp. One day, we don't know exactly when, in the future, you and I, as believers, are going to be in the very presence of the Lord God Almighty. And He will be the light that will illuminate everything with His glory and His splendor. With His magnificent presence. And you and I will be there in awe. Admiring the beauty and the greatness of the one true God and the name of his son, Jesus. Every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And actually, yes, it is. And I want to ask you, do you know what is the meaning of the word Hanukkah? Many people don't know. The answer is, it's a Jewish festival commemorating the recovery of Jerusalem and subsequent rededication of the Second Temple at the beginning of the Maccabean Revolt against the Seleucide Empire in the second century before Christ. It is also known as the Festival of Lights. This is happening this week. It's something important to know because we respect not just the people of Israel, but their traditions. And uh, today, as we commemorate with them that celebration, we want to remind everybody, including Jews all over the world, that the Messiah already came. And the name of our Messiah is Jesus. Yeshua HaMashiach. 
This is the Lamb of God that this beautiful passage in Revelation 21, 23 is talking about. The moment in eternity where everything is going to be so different of what we see today. And you will be surprised. One of the things that you will see is that there is no sun and there is no moon. The Lord is going to transform everything, absolutely everything. But his glory will be in that city, the city of God, where you and I as believers will dwell forever and ever. Because it's the plan of the Lord God Almighty that we, his creation, we will become his family. How do we become family of God? A child of God is the one who the Holy Spirit reveals that Jesus is the Messiah. And we, we who receive the blessing of acknowledging our sinful nature and knowing that the Lord Jesus paid the price on Calvary for our redemption, we become a child of God. You can become a child of God by faith in Jesus. Simple as that. He is the Lamb of God. In eternity, one day in heaven, in this glorious place where the Lord God has a plan for all of us and He will give us assignments there, the Lamb of God will be the city's lamp. I cannot wait to be there. I can really not wait to the day when I will be facing the Lord God Almighty to tell them face to face, not just in the spirit as I do today, how much I love my Lord. And on our knees, you and I, we will bow and we will just lift our hands and say, glory, glory, glory to you, Lord God Almighty. Because the honor and the adoration belongs to you. You are worthy, O Lord God Almighty. We will be able to glorify in person our Lord God. Absolutely. Because the glory of God is something that is absolutely amazing. Many people don't know anything about the glory of God. Many people are still clueless about his magnificence, about his power, about his love, and about his forgiveness. Many people don't know much about the glory of God. Some of us, on the contrary, we have experienced the very presence of God and how his presence became something so glorious and magnificent that touched us and transformed our lives. And thanks to that touch, thanks to that beautiful, <laughs> exuberant, that I cannot even find words to, to express the awe in me about the greatness of our good Lord God Almighty. All that I know is that all the glory and the honor belongs to him. And his glory, the glory of God, is, who, is the reason why I am here today. Thanks to the glory of God, I am alive. Thanks to the glory of God, I can serve him. I can walk 
and move and speak and sleep and breathe and eat and talk and have a life. The glory of God in heaven came in the presence of the Holy Spirit to announce to me that there was hope for me in the name of Jesus. The glory of God has saved me many times. The glory of God sustains me. The glory of God is my compass. The glory of God is my source of strength. The glory of God is spirit. Now, some people think, well, I have seen glorious things, really. Well, perhaps this video represents somehow to you what you consider something glorious. A beautiful evening when you see the stars and you see how the colors and the water becoming a mirror to the sky. That's glorious, right? Some people say, that's magnificent. To me, that is God. Some people say that. Other people go a little bit further. And they contemplate the greatness of the vastness of this universe with all the galaxies that we don't even know. Galaxies with thousands of stars and planets. And they all are just moving, expanding, and growing. But there are others that probably consider more glorious if they could be perhaps on a satellite, perhaps sitting on a space of a, 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 some sort of a spacecraft, floating at the edge of the earth and looking at the sun and observing how the earth starts to rotate. And as you are in this spacecraft, in our space, and you are watching through the window, you can see how the earth starts to rotate. You see beautiful images of clouds, bodies of water, parts of continents, and you can imagine that there are people out there in each section of the world. And you are thinking, that's glorious. I can, I can say that this is part of the glory of God. I can see that this is absolutely magnificent. How he created this wonderful planet, this wonderful solar system, and in our planet, the oceans and rivers and mountains and volcanoes, lakes, rivers, with all kind of animals and creatures, flying animals, those that are in the water. And you think about the megacosmos and also the micro world, and you say, that's glorious, the glory of God. The fact is, in each one of those instances, you can see his hand. You can see his hand. But nothing, even in those wonderful videos that we have seen, can compare with the glory of God himself whenever we will see him there 
one day in heaven, one day in this glorious place where he will be the city's lamp. Can you imagine that a place where God himself is the light? No sun, no moon, nothing, but he himself becoming the light for us. And that is possible. And it is possible because he is glorious. The glory of God comes to see us constantly. The glory of God is among us constantly. The problem is probably we don't acknowledge his presence. We don't acknowledge that he is with us because the glory of God actually is not about the things that he can do. The glory of God is not about the material stuff that he provides for you. The glory of God is not just the fact that you can touch the hands of your grandparents or your parents or your spouse. The glory of God is not just because you can hold a baby. It's not just because you can go and eat together with your family, your siblings, or your children. The glory of God is not just because you have a house. The glory of God is not just because he gives you life and eternal life. The glory of God is not just because of the things that you can see. In fact, the glory of God is more about the things that are invisible. The invisible things that begin with his own presence. The glory of God visiting us constantly. The glory of God, his presence, his Holy Spirit dwelling within ourselves. This magnificent God that created it all and still is able to dwell inside of us, inside of you, my friend, through his presence, the presence of the Holy Spirit. But where do we get this presence? Where do we sense the presence of God? Where can we experience the presence of this God Almighty? Of course, people can experience that through a video, perhaps through listening to a podcast. Some people can experience the presence of God, the connection with the Holy Spirit by reading the Bible, by reading a book, by listening the testimony of a, of a friend, naturally. But my friends, you and I, that we have been blessed by being in places like this, this sanctuary that represents part of the church of our Lord Jesus Christ, this sanctuary in the midst of a property that we consider the church, this sanctuary where we perform ceremonies and we say our prayers and we sing our songs. This sanctuary that is part of this building that we know as the church. This is the house of God. The house of the Lord God Almighty. And we need to learn to value the house of God. We need to value his presence 
in the house of God. We need to value and appreciate every little detail in the house of God. How everything is oriented to exalt the name above all names, the name of Jesus. How everything in this house of God has a purpose. Precisely is here in this house of God is where he dwells. Therefore, we can experience his presence here. And we have, and we do, and we will. And we will continue experiencing the presence of the Lord God Almighty in this house of God. That is why we need to value and treasure our sanctuary, our church, our property, and respect it. Because here in the house of God, there must be sanctification. Certainly, we love the camaraderie and the fellowship. There is no day when we get together that we don't laugh here in this church, isn't it? We love the laugh. We love to be affectionate one another with respect. We give hugs. We tell our anecdotes. And we share also our challenges and tribulations. But in all moments, we are very, very aware that this place is a holy place. That the sanctity of this place means something to us. There is holiness and sanctification in this house, in this sanctuary. Things must be done the right way. Whatever we do here and whatever we say and whatever we are practicing and laughing and eating and rejoicing one another has also the value of the sanctification because being in the house of God, this place needs to have sanctity. At the same time, we experience in the house of God the peace that surpasses all understanding. How many times all of us, when we have been in very difficult situations, we have come to this place and by being part of the worship service, we are sitting in any of the chairs and suddenly we just experience this wonderful feeling of peace. This emotion that we cannot even describe is just overwhelming. Many of us being in one of those chairs, just by looking at the rest, knowing that we are in the church, in the house of God, we simply go with the flow and we get infected by the virus of faith. We just feel how everybody else here is interested in singing another song, in saying another prayer, in reading another verse of the scripture, because there is so much peace in the house of God. Wonderful things happen in the house of the Lord. Not to mention the forgiveness that we need. Because after all, we all, and I want you to know, especially you, my dear viewer and listener, that to begin with myself and my wife and my family, 
and my team and my board, my leaders in the church, everyone here, we all need the Lord's forgiveness. And we experience that forgiveness every single day, over and over again, because we are not going to say that we don't sin. As humans, it's impossible that we will stop sinning until the day when we will be in heaven. Everything is going to be different. But as we live our human lives, all of us, isn't it true, my friends? We fail. Sometimes we fail with our mind. Sometimes it's our mouth that betrays us, right? <laughs> Sometimes it's our behavior, our actions. Sometimes it's just by the way that we are looking at people. Sometimes it's because we neglected reading the scripture. Sometimes it's simply because we close our hearts and our pockets to give to the Lord, to help somebody. In many ways, eventually the Holy Spirit comes and says, do you think it's okay what you just did? <laughs> and we simply say, I'm sorry, Lord. No, that was not right. We experience in the house of God His forgiveness. Because this is the place where anybody can receive that forgiveness. You can receive it, my friend, in the house of God. What else do you find in the house of God? You will find the servants of God. Myself as a pastor, as a minister, the worship leader, my wife, everyone in the tech team, servants of God, the ones that are collecting the offerings, the ones that are buying the food that we serve here, the coffee, the ones that are working, cleaning the facilities, those who are fixing issues with plumbing, electricity, those that are working in the grounds, fixing the yard, making the trees look much prettier, those that are working in the parking lot. Every person doing little things, doing something for God, constitute servants for the house of God. Servants of God in the house of God. Becoming a servant of God is an honor. It's an opportunity to do something with our own hands. Do you realize the importance of that? That you can say to the good Lord, God, I'm going to make this little thing for you, for you, Lord. And I want to bring this to the house of God, to your house, Lord, to the church. And as a result of that, you see many little things here in our facilities, right? Many of you are doing things all the time. Different things that you do because you want to serve God. And we do that because we want to please the Lord, because we are so aware that this is the house of God. But the house of God has a purpose. And we know through his presence, we see and experience his glory. We receive his peace. We receive forgiveness. We become servants of God. But this house has a purpose. And what is the purpose? 
What is the purpose of what we do here? My friends, all of us, we have one purpose in common. is to exalt the name above all names, the name of Jesus. And with it, our big desire that somebody will become a child of God. The purpose of the house of God is not just to sing songs, to exalt the name of Jesus, which is glorious. But with that action, we are hoping that through the preaching of the word of God, somebody out there will receive the forgiveness of his sins and suddenly say, I am a child of God. I gave my life to the Lord. I opened my heart to God. And that is the greatest present that I personally can receive. But I want you to know that every time someone, whether it's here in this building, among all of us, or by watching or listening, when everyone becomes a believer, there is a big celebration in heaven. The angels are making a big party in heaven because there is one more soul that was saved. And that is the purpose of the house of God. Now imagine, I know you are encouraged. So far you feel how the Holy Spirit is moving you to, to want and to wish and to, to be in the house of God, right? Well, all of us are here right now and we are just delighted to be in the house of God. But imagine that we can take part of the house of God to our homes. Can you imagine that, my friend? It's like going to a party, a wedding. I love weddings and I love the wedding cake. And you go to the party, you enjoy everything about it. And then you eat your cake and then you say, can I take a little piece of that cake to my home? They say, sure, go ahead. And you get your portion of that cake and you bring it to your house. And then you're in your house and everybody else in the house says, what is that? And you say, this is the cake from the wedding. Can I have a piece? And you say, sure. And you share with them. And what, what is what they will say? Mmm, this is delicious. Oh, I love the flavors. What a great cake. Well, imagine that we can bring the house of God to our homes. Everything that we experience here in this building, in this sanctuary, we can experience in our own homes. But the most important thing is that when we experience the glory of God in the house of God, we carry that glory in our own hearts. We carry that glory and something so special happens with us. Suddenly everything is clearer, right? Suddenly you start to prioritize right and you say, no, I don't think that is that important. And people will say, what are you talking about? You, you, you used to love to do these things. What's wrong with you? You are, what's wrong? What's the problem? You're getting old or what's the deal? And you say, no, simply is, I, I don't feel like doing that anymore. There is something that to me is more important. <laughs> and some of them, they will ask you, right? 
more important than this? What that could be? I want to know. And then you say, well, maybe to you it's not important, but to me it is important. What is it? Tell me, what is it? And you say, to please God? To please God? Because with all, with all of your heart, all that you want is that he will be happy with you. And it's because you took part of the house of God with you is in your heart. The glory of God, festivals, traditions, celebrations, festivities, of course, they are wonderful. Let's celebrate. Let's participate in festivals. But more importantly than all those things is what really is happening in your heart, my friend. That is what, is what it really matters to God, is what's going on inside of you, in your own heart. That is why this beautiful scripture that I have in the screen for you in Revelation 19, 17 is so appropriate. Let's read it. Let us rejoice and be happy and give God glory. Give God glory. Why? Because the wedding of the Lamb has come. And the Lamb's bride has made herself ready. When you finally arrive to that place in your life, my friend, when you have your priorities the right way, the right order, where, when the Lord God is number one, you are, you are that bride. You are part of that Lamb's bride that have made yourself ready. Indeed, because you took part of the house of God inside of you, with you, is part of your life. And you cannot wait to come back the next Sunday to worship God, to say the prayers and enjoy the fellowship. And you just get into that habit. It's a wonderful habit that you are missing out when you are not attending you are missing out this glorious part of being in the house of God where the presence of God moves freely and you focus and you devote those hour and a half, that time with your friends to worship the Lord. And then what? Monday you want to talk to the Lord again. And every single day and every part of your day is about the Lord. You make yourself ready. That is how we can rejoice. That is how we can find that happiness. And when we find that rejoice, you understand, when you find that happiness in God, you know what is happening in reality? You are giving God all the glory. You are giving God glory when finally you worship the Lord and you say, you are the best, Lord. You are the best, the best. Let us rejoice and be happy and give God glory. Give God glory because the wedding of the Lamb has come and the Lamb's bride has made herself ready. I would like to invite you for the following Sunday, December 5th, the worship service number 267. The title is Posadas. I hope to see you here. You will love it. But... Going back to the scripture that I just gave you. 
I want to ask you this question. When you see this image of this guy, you know he's waiting. Well, that's not his house, obviously. It's not his work. <laughs> it's not the place where he's going to spend the night. He's there temporarily. He's waiting. When you see this image, would you say that he is waiting for our Lord Jesus? You know, one, one of the things that I love to see is couples when they fall in love because they cannot wait to be with each other. I love to see new parents running to be in the house with the baby. Grandparents going crazy to have this little tiny thing in their arms. But imagine that you one day will have more passion to see the Lord Jesus than any other experience you had in the past to be with somebody. That, my friend, is the person that is part of the bride getting herself ready, getting himself ready to be with the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to take you to this reading in 2 Peter 3, 4. It says, Jesus has the power of God. And his power has given us everything we need to live a life devoted to God. We have these things because we know him. Jesus chose us by his glory and goodness, through which he also gave us the very great and rich gifts that he promised us. With these gifts, you can share in being like God. And so you will escape The ruin that comes to people in the world because of the evil things they want. <laughs> Isn't it that surprising? You tell me if that is not surprising. First of all, understanding that Jesus has the power of God and he gave us that power so we can have a life devoted to God. Did you hear what I said? Jesus has the power of God. That power is in you. So you can have a life devoted to God. Because you will have everything you need to live a life devoted to God. And, and that is the problem. Many believers are clueless about all this. Because sadly they are not focusing right. In the Lord which is what really matters. He gave us everything. Everything, all the gifts that he promised us, they are already in our, in our hands, in our hearts, in our lives. When we what? When we devote to the good Lord. And when we devote to the good Lord, now you, we become like God. <laughs> and some people say, like God. We will become Being like God? In what fashion? Well, simply for the fact that we seek for the spiritual things. Now, if you read the last part of this verse, it says, so you will escape the ruin that comes to people in the world because of the evil things they want. You can see the big difference between you as part of the bride longing 
for the day when the Lord Jesus comes back or you go to heaven compared to those that are not like you with twisted priorities, even being children of God. That's sad. That's why we need to make a commitment to live a life devoted to please God. You can do whatever kind of work you like. You can be involved in any sport activities. You can be involved in arts, politics. You can work in any field. You don't have to be in ministry to live a life devoted to please God. Because in fact, if everyone wanted to be ministers, who is going to bake the bread? Who is going to, to sell us the vegetables we need? Who is going to fix the roof? Who is going to provide for all the rest of the services and products we need? Who will be in the hospital? Living a life devoted to God is not about the work itself. It's about priorities. It's about what's in your heart. It's about what is what you really accomplish with your life. This verse is telling us that we need to live a life devoted to please God in everything we do. But that takes us to another scripture. Luke 11, 33, section B and 34. Let's read it. Everyone puts a light on a lampstand so that the people who come in can see. The only source of light for the body is the eye. When you look at people and want to help them, you are full of light. But when you look at people in a selfish way, way you are full of darkness. I want to take you to this scripture and split this in two sections. The first thing is that your life reflects how you conceive God's character. Indeed. The example the Lord Jesus gave here is a light in your home. If you want light, you put the lamp on top of a table, correct? Because you need the light to come from up, down. So the Lord was telling us, you need to be that, that light, like that light, to be an example, to shine for others. Now, regardless how you behave, your life reflects how you conceive God's character. Because if you behave poorly, what you are saying is that that is the way that you conceive is God's character. In other words, you don't think that God deserves a good behavior. But when you get to know God really in the presence of Jesus, and you understand his holiness, you understand how he thinks, how he speaks, how he behaves, all that, which is God's character, are going, is going to be part of your persona. So you are going to reflect through your lifestyle God's character. Then is when you are that light on top of the lampstand, illuminating the rest. Because today, with people that are so lost and confused, and you know many like that, don't you? <laughs> we all know all those 
We see them in the marketplace. We see it on TV. We see it in the neighborhood. We see it sometimes inside of our homes. Well, they need an example. That's the light that the Lord is talking about. You should be that light illuminating other people's lives. But the other section of this verse is when he talks about the importance of the light for the body in your eye. Because if in your eyes you see people just like a tool that you can use to get whatever you want to get, that's wrong. The opportunity that we all have is to see in every situation that we encounter every day, an opportunity to serve them and help them. So we all can say one day, I need to change how I see life and people. Certainly, my friend, the purpose of the light, the purpose of what happens in the house of God and in our hearts through the Holy Spirit is to take us to a new lifestyle. Are you ready for a new life, my friend? I wish you will be able to see the greatness of changing for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are ready, I would like to invite you to join me in this prayer. It's on the screen. Say with me, dear God, please forgive me. I see that I have been acting very wrongly about you and about people. I know that my behavior is very selfish and not nice. I want to change. I want to become more spiritual. I want to be in heaven with you when my time comes. You are the one that I want to adore. You are my God. I open my heart to you. I confess my sins before you. I want to obey you and trust you and serve you forever. My Lord, starting today, I want to see life in people exactly as you do. Please help me, Lord, to become the person you want me to be. Dear friends, all begins here on this beautiful cross. That is why we can say, I am forgiven by Jesus. My Lord can do everything. His word is true and active in me. My life is going to be great and blessed in 2021. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord smile down on you and show you his kindness. May the Lord answer your prayers and give you peace. From Odessa, Texas, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Victory Church, my family, my team, Victory Church, we say, have a beautiful rest of your day. See you next time. For watching Victory Church, please feel free to contact us. Our email address is info at vchurch.us and our phone number is 432-614-9798.